Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Got a love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back, my little chickadees. Well, normally we start our podcast with some deep breathing to relax, receive the message, and a mantra. But I kind of think I'm going to stop doing the mantra because, you know, it's great for us to have like a phrase to say to sort of help the message cement and take place. But I also think we deserve like 30 seconds of our life where we're not constantly invading our brains with messaging. So if you have a mantra that you want to say to yourself, go for it. But if you just want to deep breathe and relax and open up your mind, girl, this is your time. So we're going to breathe in through the nose and hold. And out through the mouth. See if you can hold it maybe an extra second longer. I mean, don't get dizzy and pass out. This is supposed to be something relaxing, but you know, to really reset, sometimes we gotta push ourselves a little. One more time, in through the nose. And out through the mouth. This might be the only time during the week where we give ourselves permission to just stop and breathe. Isn't that crazy? Okay. What else is crazy is dealing with the one who got away. Now, I've said before that girls typically don't have one who got away. You know, guys do because guys are stupid and they drive us out of our lives or their lives. But we girls don't always. But you know what? Today, we're going to talk to a shalligator who does feel like that. And we're going to talk to another one who's having, well, it's kind of hard to explain. Her husband feels like the one that got away 
even though he's still right there beside her. Something's happened in his life where the man she fell in love with seems to have evaporated almost overnight. So we're going to talk about these two things. And as usual, I get these questions from the Shalligator Reddit thread. There's 3.1 thousand of you guys on there. Isn't that fantastic? It's a great little place to collaborate. Another fabulous place to collaborate is the Getaway for Gators. We are doing a Shalligator Getaway to Tulum, Mexico. I partner with influencer travel company Trend 45. I'm going two different weeks in June. The first one is June 11th to the 17th, and the second one is June 27th to July 2nd. Now, I think that second week is sold out, but you can click the link in the show notes and apply. It's going to be really fun. There's going to be like 20 of us. They're going to plan a bunch of amazing excursions. They bring photographers. We can get some really cool content because, you know, like content is life. And it's just, it's going to be fantastic. Also, be sure to check out the collaboration I did with mom-daughter duo James Lauren Beauty. They and I, I, I had like a little input, but they're definitely the geniuses. We came up with a beautiful custom quilt that's on brand for my sort of aesthetic. I have a very clean, like gray, white, gold aesthetic in my life. It's a fantastic piece for your house. It's heavy, like a weighted blanket. It's like 12 pounds, but it's fluffy like a duvet. It's, oh, it's better than a man. <laughs> but these days, what is it? You can click the link in the show notes to shop that as well. And you can get it customized uh, with some personalized embroidery. Makes a great baby or wedding gift. Love it. Okay. So we're going to talk to this first shalligator. And she starts off saying pretty much what I said. Shallon usually says that girls don't have the one that got away. But what happens when we do? She said, oh God, where do I even start? Something recently hit me like a ton of bricks. Back when I was 22, I made a wrong choice. I chose the chaotic guy over the kind and stable one. The stable one is kind, gallant, great manners, handsome, so handsome. To describe him aptly, he'd be a mix of like Mr. Darcy and a little Cedric Diggory, like he's literally a golden boy. I found myself in a weird triangle a few months later, and I just made the wrong choice. I can't explain why, and the stable guy bowed out gracefully, and we've been friends, you know, wishing each other happy birthday, sharing memes, whatever. I'm 29 now, and recently we got back in touch, and I was like, why have I forgotten about him? He is fantastic. When he found out that I had COVID, he checked up daily with me, continued when my family got it too, and now we talk almost every day. I can tell he might be holding back because I did, according to a friend that knows us both, break his heart twice. I'm sure it's not as dramatic as that, but I was chaotic back then and I just chose the wrong people. Now I want my fireplace and this guy is a fireplace and he always has been. I just ran after the firework guy like a complete idiot. And now I see that he would make an excellent partner and he's respected me and kind of admired me. And when I was in a heap of chaos, he would still be really gracious. He's always been a good friend. <sighs> I don't know what to do. Anyway, we were texting the other day and he flirted. It was very, very subtle, but it was clearly a flirt. I flirted back, but I really don't know how to approach this or if I even should. Oof. Okay. <clears throat> it is very, very easy to go back through our lives with the knowledge and the wisdom and the self-awareness we have now and just shit all over our previous decisions, right? How could I have done that when I was 22? Well, girl, you were 22. You didn't know what you know now. And when you're 29 now, when you're 39, you're gonna be like, oh my God, when I was 29, what was I doing? Do you go back when you were like four and you're like, oh my God, I would eat with my hands. Oh my God, I just can't, oh my God. Does anyone remember that? Oh, oh. Listen, when you were four, you were doing exactly what four-year-olds do. And when you were 22, you were also doing exactly what 22-year-olds do. 
I don't know very many 22 year olds who always make amazing, incredible romantic decisions. I do know 22 year olds who make fairly authentic ones. You didn't choose the stable partner, potential husband guy because you didn't want a stable partner, right? I mean, isn't that kind of what it boils down to? When I look back, because I did the exact same thing. I mean, the exact same thing. It was always the right guy at the wrong time. You know, if I look at the guys I rejected, I'm like, way to go, way to go. But if I'm being honest with myself, I chose the chaotic guy, the exciting one, because I was chaotic. I was exciting. I didn't want something stable. I wanted to live. And more than that, not, it wasn't even what I wanted because so much of the time we don't make romantic decisions based on what we want. You know, we gravitate towards what we need at the time. And when we're in an emotionally healthy place, those needs are positive. I'm going to gravitate towards someone kind, ambitious, thoughtful, whatever. When we're not in a good place, we go the opposite direction. I'm going to gravitate towards someone who fuels my own self-hating rhetoric. I'm going to gravitate towards someone who validates my self-fulfilling prophecy that I always get cheated on and dumped, right? And this is why we have to work on ourselves. And this is why we have to become aware of our issues, go to therapy, do the work so that we can be like, nah, no, we're going to make a better choice. But one of the reasons you had to go after the chaotic guy is because you needed to know what that experience actually felt like and what it turned out as, Right? You needed the data point. You were data collecting. You were data collecting. Think about a scientist going through the scientific method. Ugh, if only I'd done the experiment with sample A instead of crazy ass sample B, I would have figured out a cure for this disease like seven years sooner. Okay, well, you went through the process, you made a hypothesis, you added up the data, and it didn't get you where you wanted to be. So that informed future scientific discoveries. Like this is all part of the emotional scientific process. And you got to learn it when you were 22. Some people don't learn it. I mean, listen, I'm not kidding you. Some people don't learn it ever. I know women in their forties who were still going after the firework versus the fireplace. Now, if you're new, firework versus the fireplace, I say the fuck boys are a firework, right? They come in big and flashy and it's like, and they're exciting, but they're also dangerous because if you get too close to a firework, you're going to get burned. A quality guy, he's more like a fireplace. Takes him a minute to get warmed up, but he's going to keep you warm longer. He's, you know, it takes that, that moment to really get going. He's not here for a good time. He's here for a long time. But like I said, some people always go for the fireworks. That's just, that's just their wheelhouse because either they won't learn from their own mistakes or they're still in that phase where they just want chaos because again, they're not demonstrating self-awareness. They're not unpacking trauma or their complexes or whatever. All right. You know, we can't save them all. Just, we can't, but you got to learn this at 22. That's like, I mean, that's incredible, but you know what? Some people learn it when they learn it because they're just, they're in a phase and that's fine. That's fine. My point is you made the best decision you could based on the available data about yourself and about what you wanted at that time that you possibly could. And now you've learned from it. What do we say? What's one of our mottos around here? I never lose. I win or I learn. Nelson Mandela said it. I say it to myself. I don't know. At this point, it's like multiple times a day because it turns what we initially deem as a mistake or a regret. It turns it into something positive. You didn't lose this guy. You learned. 
Maybe this guy was never supposed to be a destination. Maybe he was always just supposed to be a signpost. Maybe he was supposed to be the measuring stick that you hold other dudes up against. And when you look back on Mr. Chaos, who you chose at the time, you can now be like, oh, Huh? Yeah, no, he was exciting. What I thought was exciting. He was actually a Coke addict. (laughs) Okay. What I thought was like this fun, sexy connection was me being obsessed with him because he was cheating on me and basically telling me that was the deal. So now you have an exemplar of someone who isn't that way. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to date this dude, right? Because when we say that guys have the one that got away, it's not that there's a difference between a relationship simply not working out and someone breaking your heart and driving someone away. I am going to be the one that got away for one of my exes here in Montana because not just because we dated and things didn't work out, you know, that happens. It's because he, He's on this like campaign of terror against me. I don't even know how else to describe it. Like driving by my house with other girls. Just, I don't know if he thinks he looks cool. He looks beyond desperate and embarrassing. And I'm like, who, who do you think you're hurting right now? Because all you're doing is, I mean, you're just compiling all of these horrible decisions where like two months from now, you're going to be like, what have I done? I did all of these things to hurt and be cruel to Shallon. And now there's like no going back. I couldn't just say, hey, you know, let's just be friends or whatever. (laughs) Believe me, I was the one saying that. But do you know what I mean? It's like, it's more than just a relationship ending. It's I'm going to grind this person whose only sin against me has been to care and love me. That's it. I'm going to grind them into a dust because I'm too chicken shit to look at my issues. I don't think that's what you did with Mr. Fireplace here. I don't think that's what you did. You simply didn't choose him. Hey man, that's life. That's the game, right? This is dating. If you can't stand to get your heart broken, don't date. Just get a bunch of cats and call it a day. Clearly, you didn't fuck him up as much as you think if he's still talking to you. I mean, he clearly doesn't hate you. I don't think this is some long con to like get back at you. I don't, I don't think that. However, you might be right that he's a little gun shy with you. I, I totally get that. So you got two options here. You can go to him and you can be blunt. And you know, I never say this. I really don't. But in the cases where we break someone else's heart and they're like wary of us, it does make sense that you might have to take those first steps and be like, Hey, I just want to like, I just want to tell you that I feel stupid about the way things went when I was 22. I mean, I do and I don't because look, I was 22 and I was dating exactly the person that I should have. I was chaotic and I needed to partner with someone chaotic. And in a way, I thank God I didn't choose you because I would have just infected you with my chaos. And then we couldn't even be friends now. But if I'm being honest, I would be open to seeing what it would be like to be more than friends. I've learned so much from that chaos experience. I've grown so much. And I feel blessed that I had it because now it's given me the data and the wisdom to see a man like you for what a prince he actually is. Saying something like that is not desperate. Oh my God, I love you. I'm so sorry. It's not actually an apology because you you have nothing to be sorry for. You were living your life. You were learning. You were growing. And just because he had like 
was not in a chaos state. Okay. Like that's great, right? That's fine. You're on your own path of self-discovery and your schedule doesn't have to be his schedule. And if this situation tells us anything, it's like, you know what? Hey, things change, man. You didn't burn any bridges. You didn't do what my ex is trying to do to me. Just like grind me into a powder and humiliate me as much as humanly possible. I mean, it's almost impossible to humiliate me. It's like, just, he's like the worst kind of emotional terrorist. I was like, you're bad at this. If there was like an emotional terrorist ISIS group, they would not want you. You'd have to form your own faction of just like bumbling emotional criminals. You're bad at this. Anyway, but like things change. You, like I said, you didn't burn the bridge. So when we look back and it's like, oh, I regret it. I was so stupid then. Hey, you know what? Things come back around. People come back into your lives. Clearly, he doesn't see you as a chaotic person. Clearly, he does see that you've grown and you've changed. You're appreciating him. You're valuing him. And so, okay, he's taking it a little slow. Well, this is the fireplace, right? And it's frustrating. It's like, it's like we want a quality guy who behaves like a firework. But if they did that, they wouldn't be quality guys. And we have to be like, oh, oh my God, wait, this is, oh, this is frustrating. Doing things the right way. You know, it's like when you're eating healthy, a kale salad. No, honey, it's not going to taste like pizza. It's going to taste like kale (laughs) and it's going to be ultimately healthier for you. So just know that and monitor. So yeah, you could be blunt about it and be like, this is how I feel. This is what's up. I don't know where your head's at. And he might be like, you know, that's not really what I'm into. I'm just kind of like into being friends. Okay. You have the right to say, "Mm, yeah, I'm not. You don't have to move through your life feeling guilty for decisions you made when you were young and you, you didn't have the data that you have now. Again, go back to being four years old. Oh my God. Do you remember that stupid story I told about a fire hydrant? Oh my God. What was I thinking? Where's my teacher from that? Where's my pre-K teacher? Can I call her up and just like apologize? Oh my God. I'm I'm never going to tell a story again. Well, are you still that four-year-old? No. Were you doing basically what four-year-olds do? Yeah. So why would you feel bad about it? right? We cannot look back on the past and just like hate it. We're not going to spring fully formed like Athena out of Zeus's head, like into the world and just know everything. This is just life and getting older. Like, yes, we gain wisdom, but we also gain cringe. (laughs) We just gain like those douche chills looking back on our own behavior. And we're like, oh God almighty. But Hey, as long as we're learning, we're not losing. So if you If he says like, nah, you know, I just kind of want to be friends. Listen, there is nothing more beta and there truly is nothing more chaotic than staying friends with a guy that you actually want to date. Okay. But make sure you do want to date him. Make sure that you're not trying to date him so that you can look back at that chapter of your life as a positive one instead of, yeah, no, a chaotic one that had, I'm sure this chaos dude hurt your feelings and scarred you in some ways. That's not a reason to go back and date Mr. Fireplace, right? Is to put a tidy little package in a pretty little bow on that phase of your life. You got to just move on. You got to do that for yourself. Okay. So if it's just, again, he's just really good on paper, let it go. Let the boy be. But if you're like, no, I I'm feeling things. He might be ready to get married. He might be, you know, in that phase of his life. Maybe you're not be honest with yourself. And this goes back to don't be friends with someone you like, like whatever you feel about someone or a situation is fine. If you want a boyfriend, if you want a booty call, anything in between, it's fine. 
But you never will find that if you're not honest with yourself about what you want. Let's go back to the restaurant metaphor. You go in there, you want a pizza, you order kale. How pissed are you going to be when the kale comes out, right? Like if you want something, order it. And if that's not what you want, don't eat it. Don't eat it and just sit there bitching that it's not pizza. If you don't want to just be friends with him, don't have contact with him at all. If he's not on that page, you got to just move on and let it go. But again, like don't hold on to him thinking, well, that, that's going to like totally rebrand this experience from the past. Maybe it will and maybe it won't. I mean, you don't need it to. What does rebrand the past is learning. What does rebrand a painful situation is growth. Learn, not lose. from a little chick who's also dealing with a guy who got away, her husband. Like I said in the beginning, he's right here. So, <clears throat> Shalagari named Double Imagination said, I would honestly appreciate any advice because I feel like I'm just at a loss. My husband and I have been married a little over a year and he used to be amazing. He loved me in every way possible and was truly who I believe to be my person. A while back, his mother passed away and he directed a lot of anger towards me. Since we got married, he's turned into a completely different person. He ignores me. He gets mean, goes out of town, blacks out drunk on the side of the road. He doesn't show me love. He doesn't value me. He doesn't respect me. He goes away to see family, but won't let me go with him. I moved to a different state for him and he's in the military. So we might have to move again. Every area of my life besides this one feels whole. I have a great family, friends, love my job. I've gone back to school, but home feels like hell now. It doesn't feel like a safe place. I honestly feel like I was tricked. I've expressed my feelings through the formula Shallon had in her video. I've also explained what I need from him other times as well. And it's clear that he doesn't care. I've read why men love bitches and I've used it as a guidebook, but he doesn't care about a relationship and he doesn't care about me. I just want him to be who he was because I loved that man but the new him is terrible. Oh, this, I'm, this is rough. This happened in, in some, in like a version to one of my best friends. She married her husband and he's great. They were great together. And like two months after they got married, his father died. I mean, like went out for a run, laid down on the couch and never woke up. It was so sudden. It was awful. <clears throat> he's an only child. So this was, now it's just him and his mother who's whatever. But this was, from my friend's point of view, she's like, this was really tough because the man I fell in love with basically vanished overnight. Like he was just thrown into such grief, obviously, that she's like, you know, we take our vows and it's sickness and in health. And I mean that with every fiber of my being, but I just, she's like, I guess I just didn't think we'd have to deal with it this soon. You know, it just seemed unfair that like our literal honeymoon period was taken away from us. And now he's depressed and isolated and sulky and sullen. And his mother has inserted herself into our lives because she has nobody else to talk to. And it's, I mean, I just feel for her. It's been several years now and he's come out of it, but you know, that was, that was a really rough patch. And mm, I go back to what Dr. Phil says, time heals nothing. It heals nothing. It's what you do with the time that matters, right? 
I don't know if my friend's husband was in therapy, but it sounds like this shalligator dealing with her husband, he's not. It sounds like he's dealing with this grief in the most destructive possible ways. But honestly, like reading about a lot of this, I think there's something more going on. I really do. And I hate to, I mean, I'm not really not trying to just pile on, but it, it, it almost sounds like he's having an affair. Like he's got a mistress or something. I don't know, but like going out of town and you're not allowed to come. That's, that's weird. If you lost your parent, I think most of us would cling to the people we still had. Maybe not. It, grief can just make you so terrified of losing anyone else again. You push everyone away. But it doesn't sound like he's pushing other people away. It sounds like he's pushing you away. He goes to see his family ostensibly, but you can't come. This is this is odd to me. That's why I'm like, I wonder if there's a third party involved here that you're not seeing. And every time you try to like, hey, you need to get your shit together. He plays the pity card. I'm grieving. Can't you see? And he might be. I'm not saying he's not, but that might not be the entirety of the story. But what does seem to be the entirety of the story is just like she said. He doesn't care. I've expressed it constructively. I've used the tactics. I've been open with him. He doesn't care. That needs to be a period and not a question mark. All we can do is all we can do, right? We can acknowledge what we need. We can convey it in a way that is neutral and compassionate and pack building and collaborative. And then that's it. That's it. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. And we as women twist ourselves into a pretzel, trying to communicate better and get to the bottom of why he's doing this. And it's like, honey, at the end of the day, he just doesn't give a shit. Why? I have no idea because he sucks. I don't know. I don't know. But we cannot get caught up in the why. We look at this in the micro. You know, did you guys ever read the book? He's just not that into you. It came out like during Sex and the City time because the guy who wrote it <coughs> was a writer on Sex and the City. And I remember him going on like Oprah and talking about it. And he'd be like, yeah, I tell women, it's like, he's just not into you. And what they say back is always, why, why? And he's like, it doesn't matter. Don't waste the pretty. That was his phrase. Don't waste the pretty. It's kind of like my perky tit years, right? These are your perky tit years, man. Like you're never going to be as young and beautiful as you are right this minute today. It doesn't matter why. We like to think that if we can get to the root of it, we can fix it. No, we can't. Do you know why we can't? Because it's not our issue. It's someone else's. If we can figure out why someone is a hoarder, that doesn't clean their house for them. It doesn't not make them not be a hoarder. That's their work. And when we care more about their problems than they do, Oh, baby, here comes codependency, which is an absolute cancer on a relationship. It turns it into a parent-child dynamic. And I mean, maybe that is the role you're filling. Maybe now you like nagging after him. And why aren't you doing this? And I love you and come back. But also being extremely elastic about absolute fuck shit. I'm sorry. My husband blacks out on the side of the road, doesn't let me come with him to see family, quote unquote, doesn't show me love, doesn't value me. That rubber band snaps real fucking quick, real quick. Is that how his mother treated him? Is that how his mother treated his father? Just like, well, I'll be here when you decide to pay attention to me. 
are you in a weird way fulfilling now this role of a woman he lost? Ooh, right? If that's the case, he's never going to change. Why would he? This is like kind of the best possible outcome. My mom dies and my wife just became my mom. Nice, right? So it doesn't matter though what's going on underneath the surface. It is the way it is. And you know what we say? We can't date potential and we can't date nostalgia. We date today. The snapshot of this man today. Let me ask you, if you met him today and he treated you how he's treated you in the past 48 hours a week, would you even go out on a second date with this man, let alone marry him? Would you orient your money, your lifestyle, your future, your city, your potential children around this? No, but like he wasn't always like this. Okay, well, I didn't always breastfeed. I did it one time. I've moved on. I'm not going back to breastfeeding. I'm just not like it's over. That's who I was at one point. We've moved on. We're not going back. Maybe he was a loving, communicative, empathetic person at one point. I believe you when you say he was. Maybe he only had a year of that in him. Maybe he only had three months. Maybe when everything was fine, he could be fine. But when life threw him a curveball, he became a victim and he never was able to course correct and get back up again. That does happen. We, as wild, wonderful alpha females, cannot like understand that because we aren't like that. I've lost a parent. I've been assaulted. I've had people come against me. I've had some bad breaks. I don't think of myself as a victim. I just, I just don't. And neither do you guys. I choose to view myself differently. I choose to just get up and keep on fucking going. I do not choose to annihilate relationships with people who love me. And again, this ties into our overall theme of men, when they have the one that got away, it's because they ground her into nothingness. You are currently in the grinder. And it's up to you how dusty you're going to let yourself get. Where's the bottom of this? What is he going to have to do for you to leave? Is he going to have to hit you? I mean, seriously, is he going to have to clean out your bank account? Is he going to have to fuck your best friends? Is he going to have to talk shit to your dad? What's it going to take? Because like you said, every other aspect of your life is okay, except for this one. Well, you're 50% of that problem because you're staying. What we permit, we promote. I understand he's grieving. You know what? Everyone's got a sad song to sing. They do. That doesn't mean you get to move through the world being a monster. It just doesn't. Victims become bullies. If you're suicidal, you're homicidal. It's a metaphor. Let it go. And the way to snap people out of this is to stop indulging them. He doesn't want to listen to you. Bye. Get your shit and move out. And I know that sounds real easy from my point of view. Honey, I've done it. I've done it. I know precisely the agony that goes into it. Oh, I mean, it's awful, but it's immeasurably less awful than staying with someone who has flat out told you the truth. I don't care that you're in pain. Studies have shown that they did a recent study, I think in 2018, like the University of London, and they, they studied thousands of couples, all walks of life, whatever. The number one thing that creates a good, healthy relationship it's not money. It's not attraction. It's not, it's none of that. It's not even goal alignment. You know, they, we both want to have the same amount of kids. No, it is when I'm in pain, the world stops and he listens. 
That is what makes a healthy relationship. If you have everything else, but you don't have that, you actually don't have shit. You don't. And you are living proof of that. You have, you're plugged into him. His world was rocked. Your world stopped and you listened. He's not doing that for you. And you have to walk in the light of the truth of that. This is what it is. And I've said a million times, I talk to you guys. I answer your questions. It never, ever comes down to, I didn't know. I didn't know that this is like who he was and how he felt Mm -mm. because people actually aren't that subtle. They're really not that duplicitous. They're telling you the truth, their truth all the time, either with words or patterns or behaviors or insults or whatever it is, there is so much data being <laughs> spewed out for you to log. No, it doesn't comes out, come out to, I didn't know. It always comes down to, I knew and I just, I didn't want to accept it. Of course you don't. This is the most tragic thing in the world, right? But again, it's so much less tragic then wasting your life. What are you doing? This is your one life. This is it. This is all we've got. Are you in your 20s, your 30s, your 50s? It doesn't matter. Again, you're never going to be as young and beautiful as you are right this minute. What are you doing? It's time to be brave. It's time to walk in the light of the truth. Walking means you're moving forward. And light hurts. It burns our eyes. We don't want to see it. But monsters live in the dark, don't they? When you decide to put your heart and yourself first, ironically, you will expedite the process of him realizing you were the one that got away. You really want him to change? You want that old guy back? You got to get your ass out the door. Otherwise, there's no consequence. Why wouldn't he keep doing this? You're still going to be there when he decides to come home after a drunken rampage. So, I mean, what, she just going to be like mad? She's going to like sit me down for talking to a big fucking deal. I don't care. I can deal with 15 minutes of that so that I can go do whatever I want the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of the day. I can handle that. He might not be thinking that overtly, but his behavior is exactly aligning with that philosophy. He can't miss you if he hasn't lost you. And women, we grow on purpose. We seek out growth opportunities. Guys don't. They don't because they're not as good as us. Just, I'm going to say it. They learn through catastrophe. They only learn by doing. A fool learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So let this fool do it the fucking hard way, man. You got to look out for yourself. He's not looking out for you. You're looking out for him and he's also looking out for him. So who's looking out for you exactly? You were not put on this earth to be this man's babysitter, his therapist, his surrogate mom. Mm -mm. You were put on this earth to do things for yourself. Be brave, do the hard thing. And actually, if you want this man back, that's going to speed it up even more. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com. And be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage.